Welcome to Shad Speak. I'm your host, Teddy Katz. If you don't know what Shad is, the only thing to know is when Shads speak, people listen. And when you listen to Shads, you become smarter, hearing how they're trying to change the world. Maybe you could do the same. Today on Shad Speak, we'll examine the sad state of the fourth estate. That's the term used to describe the news media. Today, the media is under attack like never before. I should know, I was a journalist at CBC for 20 years. I've been intrigued by a new breed of journalism that has sprouted up in Canada. Hey everybody, I'm Aaliyah and I'm the sustainable development reporter at Discourse Media. I've just arrived in Nanaimo on Vancouver Island and I'm going to be spending the next few days here uh, talking to people about marine debris. This is an Instagram clip from a news report by Aaliyah Darcy. Aaliyah went to Shad in 2004 at McMaster. She's now a journalist with a new media organization called Discourse Media, and she's trying to report on the news in a new way. So my first stop is going to be Tofino and Euclid. I'm just about to drive out there, um, and uh, you know, the people there have been seeing tons of debris and plastic washing up on the beach. It's having a really big impact, and I'm going to update you here. I caught up with Aaliyah recently. I started out by asking Aaliyah what makes her tick. Oh, my passions. Well, good stories and connecting with people are what makes me tick. Um, I also think, you know, when I'm able to write about solutions to social problems and help move forward the debate, those things get me really excited. Was this always something that you were interested in from the time you were a little kid? Yeah, I, you know, I was, I always had my nose buried in a book and I always loved reading dramatic stories as a child. And I was curious about the newspaper. I don't remember this, but my mom says that I wanted to learn how to read because I saw my dad reading the newspaper every day and that was the first thing that I wanted to read. So I think it's something that's always interested me. I was actually a pretty shy kid, so talking to people and getting their stories, that's, that's an interest that developed over time more than being something that I really wanted to do when I was a young child. And, and tell me a little bit about Discourse Media, which is relatively new on the Canadian scene. Sure. So uh, Discourse Media is a journalism startup based in Vancouver, and we are focused on doing in-depth reporting and investigative journalism nationally and finding a sustainable financial model for that type of journalism in Canada. The reason that we're working on this is because the mainstream media has had a lot of layoffs, seen a big declines in advertising revenue. And uh, as the mainstream media has struggled, some of the first things to go are investigative and in-depth journalism. But these things are critical for us as a nation to be able to understand and debate issues that are important for our future. So we're really trying to fill that gap. Can you give uh, some examples of the kinds of things and the kinds of stories that Discourse has done so far? Yeah, so... Uh, Discourse has done a big range of stories and, you know, on everything from uh, child welfare to reconciliation. And a big focus of our work is looking at how we can collaborate with others, uh, reach out to the communities that are affected by that story and shed light on something that isn't being covered right now in the daily news cycle. So for example, earlier this month, our gender reporter, Emma Jones, she released 
a set of data on police reported violence against women in communities across Canada. She spent months getting this information from Statistics Canada. And once she got it, we had this excellent data set, but we felt that at Discourse, there was only so far that we could go with that information on our own with one gender reporter. So we prepared it in a format where we could release it to the public on our website with a tool that anybody can use to look at these rates of violence and check what's going on in their community. And uh, since then, uh, we've had a number of responses from people across Canada, including journalists and other media, who've run with that data and used it to cover issues related to violence against women in their own communities. Uh, another example um, that I'm really, I'm really excited about our child welfare reporter, Brielle Morgan's work. Uh, the child wel welfare system has a lot of problems, you know, in terms of how children are treated, how children are separated from their parents, but there's nobody else in Canada really dedicating significant resources to this beat. And the way that Brielle approaches it is that she spends a lot of time engaging with youth um, and parents affected by the child welfare system to kind of fill gaps in the media discourse around them and report on issues that will, um, you know, that they're concerned about and will help to advance policy on child welfare. Uh, one really uh, cool thing that she did last year was that after she found that youth in the child welfare system were frustrated by stereotypes that were being put forth by the media about them, she actually created a fellowship uh, where she hired two youth who had been through the child welfare system to help her report, um, get in touch with people in that community, um, and tell stories in ways that they felt uh, were, you know, gave a truer picture of, of. Uh, you know, what it's like to be in the system. And Discourse, just so that people know, Discourse Media was actually started by a few journalists who kind of saw that there was a gap here and a, and a big gap that really needed to be uh, be resolved and, and be filled by, by people who were qualified to do so. Yeah, that's a really good point. So uh, our CEO, Aaron Miller, um, and two other journalists who were really frustrated about not being getting the green light for in-depth projects on important social issues, decided that they would start something on their own where they would have a chance to do that. And that was about four years ago now. We've all heard about the struggles of mainstream media, you know, and, and laying off journalists, uh, trying to keep newspapers going and a lot of them closing, especially the local, at the local level. level. How does Discourse Media overcome that? Uh, so we're working on figuring out a financial model to overcome that. But basically uh, what Discourse has concluded is that we can't really rely on advertising revenue, which has been a good chunk of the bread and butter of media historically. The problem with the advertising revenue model, aside from the fact that there's less and less advertising revenue for journalism, is that it can also lead to clickbait. Because when your model is premised on getting advertising revenue, you get the most revenue for producing stories that go viral and are shared widely online. And that can lead to things that may not be as substantial or may not have as much impact on communities. So instead of pursuing this as a source of revenue, Discourse is actually working on launching a membership-based model in the spring. So we're going to be producing, and we already are producing, in-depth stories that matter to Canadians. And our hope is that the, our readers will find enough a value in what we're doing that they will actually uh, pitch in with membership fees to 
support us in our work uh, and filling gaps in the public discourse right now. And this is a model that has actually worked quite well in other countries. Uh, for example, one place that tried this was De Correspondant in the Netherlands. And they broke records with an audience-funded model that started with 20,000 backers and 1.7 million in funding from individuals. And tell, tell us what your role is. What's your role with Discourse? So I'm the sustainable development reporter. And my job is basically to cover Canada's progress on and commitment to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So for uh, listeners who don't know what those are, they're basically like a giant to-do list for making the world a better place. Uh, they were adopted by the United Nations in 2015, and they set targets for Canada and other countries to meet by 2030. So that includes things like taking action on climate change, uh, reducing food insecurity in Canada, uh, cutting our national poverty levels by half, and all kinds of other things on which we need to move forward. And how are we doing? Well, we are, uh, that depends on the issue you're looking at, but there is a lot of room for improvement on how we're doing on a range of issues. Uh, we really need to work on poverty. Uh, we really need to work on uh, food security. Uh, we're not actually doing very well on decreased violence, decreasing violence against women, according to the data. And then, of course, everybody knows that countries around the world are struggling to take action on climate change. Aliyah, how difficult is it to do stories about sustainable development? I, and I'll give you an example of why I'm asking that question. Just before the holidays, I believe there was a there was a story about how 15,000 scientists were predicting dire uh, consequences for the planet and that the planet would no longer exist if we don't change course in a hurry. And I'm just wondering how you make that relatable to people in their daily lives when they hear that and it's almost like they want to turn off the radio or, or not read the newspaper to, to face that kind of thing. So you've hit the nail right on the head there, Teddy. That is actually one of my biggest challenges. I think that a lot of the issues that are tied to the sustainable development goals are very alarming. The data is very scary and it's overwhelming for people to hear about that. Uh, just for example, the types of numbers that were in that letter were pretty scary. There's been huge increases in deforestation. There's 75% more dead zones on the ocean and uh, you know, greenhouse gases are out of control. So I'm hoping to tackle this issue in a number of ways that makes it more relatable to people. Uh, one is that I see a big part of my role is um, have you know as covering solutions so, because I think that people can only hear so much about a problem before they tune out. But if I can put out coverage of how people can respond, what they can do about the issue at an individual level, and potential things that Canada can do about the issue as a country, I'm hoping that will increase engagement with the coverage and actually help people to feel like we can move forward with these problems. I really focused on telling stories through people rather than numbers. So for example, last week I was in Tofino and Ukulet to learn about plastic pollution. There's tons of plastic in the ocean and uh, lots of it is washing up on the shores on the west coast of Canada. I'm talking water bottles, giant pieces of styrofoam, a bottle of honey, all kinds of things uh, that from our waste system that are ending up on our shores. And I really focused on talking to locals about how this was affecting them in their day-to-day -day lives. 
you know, a big part of the local culture over there in Tofino and Yukulit is beachcombing. So when locals go out on their daily walk, they'll pick up, uh, you know, in a, take a bag with them and pick up whatever debris and junk they can find and then throw it in their own garbage so they can take some kind of an individual action on this issue. I also asked them what kind of solutions they would like to see. And the message that I actually got from speaking to people is that they felt like they are doing a lot already, but it's not enough. So there's, uh, of course, people going out on their daily walks and cleaning beaches, but there are also pretty significant cleanup projects being mounted by local groups there. So there's a group called Clackwood Cleanup and uh, also another group called Surfrider Pacific Rim that have been organizing cleanups on remote beaches to remove this debris. And they just feel like they are getting at a sliver of the problem. So for example, uh, Clackwat Cleanup cleaned about 30 kilometers of the coast in Clackwat Sound last summer. So Clackwat Sound is the region that Tofino and Yukulit are in. And uh, they said that on one stretch of beach, they found that was about 100 meters long, they found 900 water bottles. Hmm. And the person that I spoke to, she was just saying that this is the 30 kilometers that we could access and we had the resources from volunteers and the support of local businesses to clean up in about two weeks. But we have no idea what's going on on the rest of the uh, coast of BC where cleanup groups aren't going. And so they kind of feel out of their depth and they really want to see action from the government and uh, more public support on this issue. So part of my goal with this article is to actually get at that debate, speak to different people about what the government can do and as well as, you know, hear from Canadians and put that into a format where it actually gets people talking about a potential solution. I'm an optimist. I do hope that journalism can make a difference and that if we come together and collaborate and put together our different skills that we can create some change. You remain an optimist even when you're you're being exposed to all kinds of issues and all kinds of problems that probably seem really, really big and really almost impossible sometimes, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really depressing when you think about problems on a big scale. But what really inspires me is when I meet people who are not letting them get that down and actually going out there and changing something. So for example, like the people in Tofino and Yukulet who are really committed to cleaning up their beaches and making this part of their daily routine. And they actually kind of look at it in a positive way as a kind of a treasure hunt. Like the their kind of attitude about it is very inspiring. And uh, just for example, um, I used to do reporting on development issues abroad, and uh, I wrote a story on uh, violence against women in Delhi, the capital of India, where, uh, you know, violence against women is rampant. Like, I just felt unsafe walking around on the streets there because public space is so male-dominated. Um, I met a group of girls um, in a in a poor community there who were actually taking action into their own hands to reduce violence against women in their community. So a nonprofit had got them together in a space where they would discuss their concerns, gather data and information about it, put it all on a map and go around and talk to their community members and get them to change. Um, so seeing things like that really inspires me. I do feel when people try to look at problems in different ways that they can come up with solutions.
And honestly, I also feel being an optimist is the only way to function <laughs> when I think about the problems as well. <laughs> and you wanted to speak directly to the Shad community today to tell them a little bit about the work that you're doing and to find out from them, uh, to have some input from them. What would you like to say to them and why is it so important for you to share a message with those in the, in the Shad network? Well, the Shad network is filled with amazing thinkers and doers, uh, you know, some of uh, just from my own campus, I connected with such amazing people. And I know that all of you out there are actually working on some of these sustainable development problems or have concerns about them. And I would love to hear from you. I, I want to know what stories you think I should cover and what leads you have. I think that could really help enrich my coverage in a meaningful way. How how can they contact you and view, view the content that you're you're putting out there? What's the best way? So there's a few ways you can reach out to me. Um, people can check out our website, which is discoursemedia.org. So that's D-I-S-C-O-U-R-S-E media.org. I'm also on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Aliyah underscore D. So that's A-L-I-A underscore D like David. Uh, people can also email me at Aliyah at discoursemedia.org. And Aliyah, when you look at things like local media, and, you know, we talked earlier about how so many have closed, so many local news organizations have closed. What would be your message for, for listeners in terms of why that's, it's so important to fight, fight against that and, and to make sure that that doesn't continue happening? Well, I think it's really easy, actually, for people who aren't following media so closely to lose sight of that fact because we're inundated with so much information on Facebook, social media, and email that it can be easy to forget that the, or not notice how much less local news there is. Uh, but I think that we really do need to fight for it because, you know, as newspapers across Canada have shut down and as reporters have laid off, that has meant that there are, you know, municipal councils across the country that don't have a reporter going there every day. And uh, areas of policy that like health and the environment that simply aren't being covered in certain parts of the country because newspapers have had to lay off their beat reporter. Um, and what this means for us as Canadians is that nobody is keeping an eye on our institutions or less people are keeping an eye on our different levels of government and on companies and other organizations and what they're doing. And all of those groups are making decisions every day that will affect us in the long term. So if we don't know about them, how can we know if we're unhappy with something or there are some problems that we need to respond to and raise our voice against. Uh, so I, yeah, that's why I think it's really important for people to fight for local news, pay attention to their local paper, uh, support groups like discourse, uh, whether, you know, it's by joining as a member and paying a fee or simply reading and spreading our news and telling us what you want us to cover. All of those things can have an impact. It almost seems like we're fighting this moment. I'm, I'm a former journalist myself, and it's almost like this moment in time where the media is just being attacked um, by many different, on many different uh, fronts. And it's almost like people don't have this appreciation anymore of the value of media when it comes to public accountability. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with all the fake news stuff that's been going on down in the U.S. I think that people are a bit confused and have lost a little bit of faith in the news. And at the same time, I think that because there is less journalism happening in Canada, people are not seeing that 
what the impact of journalism can be as much in their daily lives. So uh, people can, you know, lose sight of that value. Uh, so at Discourse, we're actually trying to tackle that problem. Uh, one way is to just be more transparent about the reporting process so that people can actually see how the news is made and how they can help us. Uh, so for example, last week I posted some Instagram stories when I was in Tofino and you cool it about some of the people I was meeting that were kind of informal, got at some of the highlights, so people could actually see, uh, you know, what I'm doing in the field, rather than just getting my final polished uh, story at the end. Well, Aliyah, it's fascinating work. Uh, I know it's it's probably not easy work. Congratulations on being part of this, and, and best of luck uh, in, in the year ahead. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Teddy, and thank you for giving me this opportunity to share a little bit about what I do with other Shads. Uh, it's, it's our pleasure, and good luck uh, in the reporting over the next several months. Take care. Thanks, you too. Okay. Aaliyah Darcy is a journalist with Discourse Media. She went to Shad in 2004, and as you just heard, she's encouraging the Shad community to reach out to her with your ideas, so she can maybe write about them. In April, Aaliyah will be participating in the Generation SDG, which stands for the Sustainable Development Goals Summit in Waterloo. The majority of its participants are expected to be 30 and under. They'll be examining the sustainable development goals adopted by the United Nations in 2015 and how we can actually move towards achieving them. That's our show for this week. Please contact me, teddy at shad.ca, if you have an idea or topic for an upcoming podcast. You can go to shad.ca forward slash podcast to hear more of our recent episodes. Join us again next month for another edition of Shad Speak. Bye for now.